Welcome to Face to Face Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Ephesians 5.17 We've been reading the scripture for how long now? Amen. So I hope that you are dreaming the scripture. Amen. And that's the aim for the scripture to register on your heart. Now, as you walk with God um, in your Christian faith, there are certain scriptures that the Spirit of God will bring to your attention. It might not register for another person as it registers for you. Praise God. It may not register for others as it registers for you. But it's important to recognize that when the Spirit of God brings such scriptures to your notice, it is your responsibility to attend to them. Amen. Are we together? And so, attending to scriptures means that you are meditating on it. You will stay with the scripture. You will mutter it to yourself until you and the scripture become one. Amen. Is that understood? And that's very important. So this scripture is one of such scriptures. So let's read it together. I want to go. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Amen. Take it again. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now let's take it from verse 15. And so we'll read it again just in context, you know, from verse 15. 15 says, see then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Glory to God. Now, in uh, these three verses we just read, uh, it means that a believer should walk as the wise. Is that not so? He should walk circumspectly. And when he walks as the wise, that he will be redeeming the time because the days are evil. Then he says, wherefore be ye not unwise. Now, I always say this. The scriptures cannot instruct you to, against something that cannot happen in your life. Amen. If the scripture says, wherefore be ye not unwise, it means it is possible for you to be unwise. Amen. It is possible for the believer in Christ Jesus to be unwise. It says, be ye not unwise. And how the scripture prescribes for you not to be unwise is by knowing, understanding, hallelujah, what the will of the Lord is. Jesus prayed a prayer. He said, not my will, but your will be done. If Jesus prayed that prayer, meaning that his will was different from the will of the Father, how much more you? Amen. That means that you can have intentions in your heart that might not be in line with the intentions of God for you. But at the same time, the scripture is making us understand that God's intentions for you can be known. They can be known. They can be un- you can understand them. Let me tell your neighbor, I can understand God's will for me. I have the capacity to understand the will of the Lord for me. Glory to God. And when we talk about the will of the Lord, we've been talking about this along for some time now. Don't just think of the will of the Lord in a narrow way. All right? The will of the Lord could be in different aspects of your life. Your life, you know, sometimes when you hear will of God, believers only think about marriage. Marriage is not the only thing that God has a will or intention for you concerning What about your career? Amen. What about your family? What about your children? What about the project you're working on? Even the city you should live in. Amen. There are many things that concern you that God already has intentions. He has a plan. If not for anything, 
The scripture in Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Amen. Thoughts of good, not of evil, to give you an expected end. That means that God already has intentions for you. Listen, most of the time, believers need to remind themselves that whatever plan they have for themselves, God has a better one for them. Amen. If God loves you, God is more powerful than you are, God is all-knowing, then definitely he, can, he cannot have a plan that is less than your plan. Am I communicating? How many of you have good plans for yourself? Amen. You think it's good, right? Amen. You feel you have a good plan for yourself. If you had the power on your own to accomplish your plan, what would you do for yourself this year? Amen. I'm asking, what would you do? Now, if, you hear, if we ask two or three people to come out here now and talk, and you hear what they would do, you yourself, you'll be amazed. Amen. Glory to God. He said, I will be the president of Nigeria. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Someone you never imagined had political ambition. You will hear that. The reason why he doesn't even have that ambition is that he doesn't feel he has the power to accomplish it. Now, if you have a good plan for yourself, and you have limitations, but you still have good plans for yourself, you, 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 you feel you love yourself. The scripture says that God loves you more. Amen. When the scripture says, for God so loved, it's talking about the degree, the dimension of his love for you. Amen. The way God loves you, you don't even love yourself that much. Amen. Are we together? So definitely he has a bigger plan and he has a better plan. Tell someone God has a bigger plan and God has a better plan for me. Now, when we are talking about the will of God, we are saying that a believer should learn to align himself with that plan that God has for him. Amen. And that that plan can be known. That plan of God for us can be known. That plan of God for you can be known. Amen. And it is not God's intention to hide that plan from you. He wants to reveal that plan to you. Amen. And that's why you, when you get born again, you start listening to God's word. As you are listening to God's word, you start knowing the mind of God for you. Amen. And when you understand the mind of God for you, it is easier for you to, for your heart to be opened to God's plan for you. Amen. Now, but this morning, my area, the area I want to focus on, still is about the connection between prayer, amen, and the will of God. Amen. Everybody say the connection between prayer and the will of God. You see, anytime people hear prayer, you know, sometimes they think that prayer is for a special group of people. Prayer is for people that are, uh, want to serve the Lord in ministry. No, prayer is for every believer. Glory to God. Prayers for every believer. The vital connection you as a believer have with God is through prayer. Are you listening to me? Now, if something is, if, if a product is made and you want to um, know how to use it best, you want to even repair it, let's assume, you have to get information from the manufacturer. Are you understanding me? Now, in this sense, God is your creator. Amen. There is a purpose for which God created you. And if you don't spend time in prayer, you will never understand the dimensions of what God wants to do in your life. So, there is a connection between the will of God and prayer. Hallelujah. Are we together? Now, let's go back to our scripture. It said, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Is it possible for someone to understand something the person does not relate with. Amen. I'm asking a question. Can you understand, let's use a, a human being. Can you understand someone that you, cannot, that you don't relate with? Do you know it's scriptural too? The Bible says, can two work together except they agree. Amen. That means that you can't even function. You can't even um, 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 carry out an activity with someone effectively if you don't understand yourselves. So if the scripture said, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. The will is of the Lord. Amen? So, you have to understand the Lord himself. Am I communicating? 
And the place of understanding him is in that place of prayer. Do you know, uh, uh, let me just go back a bit. There are some people that have a wrong perspective of God. Are we together? To them, God is something else that he didn't say he is. And as long as that is the image they have of God, what they expect from him will be different from what he actually will do. Am I communicating? Are we together? For example, Jesus came. And the most important thing Jesus wanted people to understand was that this God that the Jews worship is his father. Amen. Are we together? No Jew understood before Jesus came the fatherhood of God. Amen. God was that supreme being that they never try, nobody should offend, that is always angry most of the time. Amen. And has a short temper. Are you listening to me? That's the picture they had of God. Then Jesus will come and say, I and my father are one. Amen. And begin to talk about the God as someone that he had a, a loving relationship with. An intimate relationship with. Now, they never saw God that way. Together? They never saw God that way. And because of how Jesus presented God to them and manifested God to them, they were interested. Am I communicating? Now, listen to me. If you read your Bible and you don't see God in the picture of Christ Jesus, amen, then you have not seen him well. Amen. Are you with me? If you think of God and the thing you think about is Elijah, if you think of God, and the thing you think about is Jeremiah. Amen? If you think of God, uh, just is, is Moses you think about. It means that the picture you have of God is not complete. Amen? Am I complicating? Elijah, Jeremiah, and all those great people, they manifested a side of God. Amen? But the person that came to reveal the fullness of who God is, is Jesus Christ. Am I complicating? And so, if you read your scriptures and you are not seeing God through what Christ did by his death, burial, and resurrection, then you are not seeing him well. You know you can have a wrong impression about somebody. You know there are some people that someone just assumes that the person is proud. Amen? And then when you now get to relate with the person, you now discover that they are not. Then there are others you just assume that, you know, you can assume anything about anybody. Glory to God. And so there are many people that have assumptions of God. Hallelujah. So you see some people even come to church. When they come to church and they sit down, if they even hear the microphone make noise, God wants to kill me. You know, that's the picture they have of God. Hallelujah. The picture they have of God is the God that kills. Amen. But the picture he wants you to have of him is a father. Hallelujah. Now this does not apply. This applies to those that have received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Amen. Alright. What is the gospel we preach? The gospel is good news. Good news cannot be to tell you that you will die soon. That cannot be good news. Amen. That cannot be good news. Your days are numbered. Is that good news to anybody? No, it cannot be good news to anybody. Something bad is about to happen to you. Is that good news to anybody? Now, why would the gospel be called good news? Because when it is preached, it will be pleasant to your soul. Amen. Are we together? It, is, it means that it is an information that has the capacity to bring joy into your life. To transform you. And then they say, hey, Jesus Christ died for your sins. Amen. Then you say, what does that mean? That means that you don't have to die again for your sins. Amen. It means that your sins have been forgiven. Ah, I didn't know that. And then you accept that message. And by accepting that message, you become a new creature. Amen. And then old things pass away. Now, that's the real picture of who God is. Alright? Are we together? He's a loving father. Everybody say he's a loving father. Say again, he's a loving father. Many years back, I used to preach and try to explain that God is a father. And preach on the fatherhood of God. Until someone spoke to me. And I began to see that I needed to explain it because some people did not have good fathers on earth. So when you tell them, God is a father, they say, another father. Amen. Because the father that they know, is the one that when he returns from work, everybody goes to hide under the bed. 
And that's the father many people know. Amen. The father that they know is the one that... <laughs> someone was telling us the story. Is the one that when something gets wrong or missing in the house, the father starts flogging from the mother down to the children. <laughs> he starts with the mother. Six strokes. Then all of them like that. That's the father some people know. Are we together? Are we together? Some other fathers they know. Some of us, the fathers we know, are the ones that when you bring your list... To go to school, they cancel half of it. That's the father many people know. But God is not that kind of father. God is the original father. Amen. He's the model father. Amen. He's the father many fathers should be like. Let me give you a picture of the fatherhood of God. Because if you don't have that picture, you will never believe that God's will for you is better than your will for yourself. Amen. Are we together? You will never believe that God's intentions for you are better than the intentions you have for yourself. Some of you know the story of the prodigal son. Amen. Religiously, that's what it's called. The story of the prodigal son in the book of Luke. In that story, we have a father that had two sons. An older one and a younger one. They were not twins. And then the younger son came to the father and asked for his inheritance. Now, the scripture didn't say it was wrong to ask. The scripture did not condemn him for asking. If there was a moral to the story, the scripture was talking about how he spent his living. Are you understanding me? Not that he asked. Because when he asked, the father did not only share to the younger son, he shared to the younger and the older son. Am I communicating? Meaning that it was their right to ask. Now, the picture in that, in, that, in that story is God the Father. Amen. He is that Father. Glory to God. Are we together? Now, we make the story about the Son. The Son is not the most important character in the story. The most important character in the story is the Father. Amen. Because when the two sons, um, when the Son moved all his things and left... And spent all his living and wasted his years. The father still loved him. Amen. Are we together? So, let me explain something to you. Our father God is not a disowning father. Amen. Are you hearing me? I said our father God is not a disowning father. I don't know if there is someone here that has been disowned before. Amen. God will never disown you. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Are we together? He's not a disowning father. He did not disown that son. He didn't say, eh? He carried everything. He went away. He squandered all my this. My heart ends. Maybe even divided some things with pension money. I just say, he said, my heart ends. He didn't say that. Rather, the scripture said, when the young man realized himself, and I believe there are people here that will realize themselves too, and he began to return back to the father. The father saw him from a distance. Amen. Are we together? It looked like the father was always looking out. When will this my son come back? When will this my son come back? It looked like he was expecting him to come back. And he saw him from a distance. And he ran towards him. Amen. He did not say, <laughs> he's coming back. He thinks I will accept him. He will beg. In short, he will go and bring the village. He will go and bring the elders. Are you understanding me? The elders will beg the first round. Are you understanding me? Then you go and bring my friends. Then they will beg the second round. You know, you know what I'm talking about. No way. As he saw him, he, the father, was running towards him. To embrace him. Amen. That's God. Amen. That's the way God's relationship is with you. Glory to God. Say it with me. God is a loving father. My God is a loving father. He is not a disowning father. Now, I know some of you have heard the popular statements that people make that God is a God of a second chance. No, He's not a God of a second chance. He's a God of unlimited chances. God is not counting. I said God is not counting. You are the one counting. God is not counting. Oh, you know how many times I've failed you, Lord. This is the 18th time, Lord. This is the 18th time. Tap your nose. Say, God is not counting. It's not counting. It's not counting for you. It's not counting one, two, three, four, five. The Bible says, if the Lord regards our iniquity, who will stand? Amen. Are we together? So God is not counting. Help me tell three people, God is not counting against you. 
Glory to God. Understand that that's very important. Now, that picture of God is very important. That picture of God is very important. There are some artists that try to draw a picture of Satan. And they carve out a picture that you should be afraid of. Then that artist now thinks that if you are afraid of Satan, you should be more afraid of God. So he draws another picture. Are you understanding me? Of God. <laughs> are you understanding me? That is more terrifying. Are we together? Than the picture of Satan. Listen to me. God doesn't want you. Let me explain two things here. There's a difference between reverence and fear. Amen. Everybody say reverence. reverence. Say fear. God wants you to reverence him. He doesn't want you to fear him. In the King James Version of the Old Testament, you hear the words fear, 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 fear. But if you read the Hebrew text, what he's talking about is reverence. Amen. Are we together? The fear. Now, if not, the scriptures will be contrary to one another because the Bible says God has not given you what? The spirit of fear. What he's saying? The way you fear a cockroach, ladies. It's not the way God wants you to be afraid of him. Amen. Are we together? Now, let me just use a simple scripture. The Bible says, Let us therefore come boldly. Hebrews 4, 16. Let us therefore come what? Boldly. If it's asking you to come boldly, does, does that not contradict that he wants you to be afraid? You know, there's some people that when they want to pray, they're like, Oh God, I don't know if I'm, as I enter this prayer now, if you're going to strike me because... No, God wants you to come. He said, all that come to me, I will in no wise cast away. Amen. Alright, so he said, come boldly to the throne of grace. Come boldly to the throne of grace. That means as you're coming, you are confident that he will receive you. Amen. And why are you coming boldly? Listen, you're not coming boldly because of your works, because of your deeds, because of the right things you've done. You're coming boldly because of what Jesus has done for you. Amen. Are you listening to me? The boldness is in what Jesus Christ has done for you. So, we should reverence God. That's what the scripture teaches. Are you with me? So, the picture, the picture I want you to have of God. Someone drew, um, uh, had an artistic impression or uh, expression of, of Jesus. You know, and gave it to a minister. And then she said, Sir. And it was a smiley face. So he said, Who is this? She said, It's the Jesus you preach. Amen. Are we together? It's a happy Jesus. Glory to God. Are we together? I, I, say, I say it's a happy Jesus. You know, some people want us to be Christians and believers. We don't greet people. We don't walk straight. Because this world is not our own. Are you understanding me? We don't belong to this world. I belong to nobody. Nobody belongs to me. The Bible said the kingdom of God is righteousness. Number one. Peace. And what? Joy in the Holy Ghost. A believer doesn't have any reason to be in depression. Amen. Are you listening to me? No, 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 no. There's no reason why it should be. The Bible talks about the spirit, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That spirit of heaviness is the depression. You cannot be in depression. You cannot have the spirit of God within you and still be depressed. Are we together? Because there's a difference between joy and happiness. Happiness needs something to make you happy. Joy is substance in your spirit. Are you listening to me? Are you with me? It might not be because you bought a new house. It might not be because you got a new job. It's just that Jesus is alive. Amen. And well. Amen. Amen. And God is still seated on the throne. Election will not change him. Amen. Amen. The next election, Jesus will still be seated on the throne. Do you agree with me? Will PDP unseat Jesus? No. So, you must recognize the picture of God as your father. Amen. Amen. And he's a loving father. He's not an oppressive father. He's not a disowning father. Amen. He's a loving father. Say it again. My God, My God. is a loving father. 
Now, listen to me. You must understand the difference between the Old Testament and the New. In the Old Testament, God was in covenant with the children of Israel. And the covenant was a covenant where he was a master to them and they were servants to him. In the New Testament, the Bible says in Galatians 4, 7, Wherefore you are no more servants, but now you are sons. Amen. That means the covenant we have now, or we are in, through Christ Jesus, has brought us into sonship. We are sons. We are sons. And your approach to the Father must be like a son. If some of you have children, alright, here, if your son just crawled to your door and knocked and said, just, just give me crumbs today, wouldn't you slap the devil out of him? Is his house. Are you understanding me? Is his house. And then he say, please, 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 can I just have some crumbs? I'm a humble son. Amen. What you expect your son to do, if they served the meal in the home and they didn't serve him, he's supposed to say, where is my food? Amen. It's his house. Amen. Are we together? Where's my food? Some of you need to be asking that question. Eh? This year, where's my inheritance? Amen. Where, where, where's the thing that God said he was going to give to me this year? Amen. That's the approach because you are his son. You are his son. You are his son. Listen, it's a big deal to be a child of God. Did you hear me? It's a big deal to be a child of God. The Bible says, it says for as many as received him, John 1.12, he gave the rights. I love the New King James Version. He said he gave the rights to become sons of God. That means that right of sonship was a special thing. And it has been given to you. And it has been given to you. Do you know that Satan, one of the reasons why he was thrown out was that, you know, some people always think a religion will tell us that Jesus, um, Satan wanted to overthrow God. No, he didn't want to. He could not have. He didn't want to. He said, I will be like the Most High. Amen. He wanted to be like what he was seeing. That was why Satan was thrown down. Then you now have been made to be like the Most High. Amen. Are we together? That thing Satan desired, amen, to be like the most side that put him in trouble. You have been given the rights to be sons. So you look like your father. Amen. Are we together? Very important to understand that. Now, I've stayed here a little longer than I planned. But what I'm trying to get you to understand is that we're talking about the will of God. That you will never believe that God's will for you is a good one and it's the best thing for you if you don't first believe that God has good intentions for you. Praise the Lord. And God has good thoughts for you. Thoughts of peace. Everybody say there are thoughts of peace. Go back to um, Jeremiah 29 verse 11. Let's read this together. I want to go. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. What are they? Thoughts of, not of. So say, God is not thinking evil for me. God is not calculating. Uh, he's not having me where I'll break his left leg so that. You know, that's what some people think. Now, understand me. God can use the bad things or the negative things that Satan has done in your life to his glory. It doesn't mean he did it to you. Are you listening to me? Uh, you get this. God can use the negative things that Satan has done. The afflictions of Satan in your life, God can use it to his glory. But it doesn't mean that God did it to you. Job in the Bible thought God was the one punishing him. Amen. Are we together? It, you know, Job was written after Job has gone through the experience. I hope you know that. When he was going through the experience, he didn't know it was Satan. Are we together? He didn't know it was Satan. It's at the end of the day, the revelation came to him that it is Satan. Are we together? That Satan was the one that said, ah, let me touch this guy. Glory to God. And then began to afflict him. The negative things or the afflictions you've been through or you are experiencing right now, yes, it will turn out for your good. Amen? Are we together? Because God loves you. Amen. So, there are negative things that might happen around you Recognize the fact that God can use it to his glory. It doesn't mean he is the one that did it. Because his thoughts of, for you are not of evil. They are not of evil. 
It's not God's plan that you'll be fired from your place of work. But sometimes because you are fired, God will give you a better job. Amen. Are we together? Alright? It's not God's plan that you will lie in the hospital for the remaining part of this year. Are you listening to me? No. What are his thoughts? Thoughts of what? No, no, read the one here. Thoughts of what? Thoughts of what? What? Peace? The, the Hebrew word is shalom. Shalom. Thoughts of well-being. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. Hallelujah. Those are the thoughts he has for you. I said those are the thoughts he has for you. Amen. Amen. That means as God is thinking about you, what he's thinking is for your well-being. Amen. Not for your destruction. Not for your downfall. God is not trying to pull you down. God is not trying to embarrass you. Amen. Glory to God. Say, I trust God. Say it again, I trust Him. Listen to me. The gospel, the essence of the gospel is to get man to trust God. To believe. Amen. To trust Him. Many people don't trust God. They trust themselves. Amen. I will work hard. God gave me a brain. He gave me a hand. <laughs> I will work hard. There are many people, my brother, there are many people that are working hard. And they are living hard. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Don't think that everybody that is suffering is lazy. Hello. Hello. Don't think that everybody going through stuff is lazy. No, there are people that are working hard. They are sincerely working hard. But it's not working. Amen. It's not working. If you even tell those people to work hard, they say, work where again? <laughs> you want to finish me? What, what else will I do? They're working hard. But listen to me. If you are working and you are not trusting, then you'll be suffering. Did you hear me? If you are working and you are not trusting, amen, then you'll be suffering. And this trust I'm talking about is trusting God. Amen. That he's the one that makes you eat the fruit of your labor. If not, you will labor and labor and labor and labor. Go and read Ecclesiastes. He said, it's a gift for a man to labor and then eat the fruit of his labor. Amen. That means there are people that will labor and they will not eat the fruit of their labor. My prayer for you this morning is that you will eat the fruit of your labors. That you will never remove your eyes from him. Amen. You will set your eyes to trust him and him alone. Amen. Are we together? Your educational qualifications are awesome. They might be wonderful. But listen to me. The reason why they will have life and they will be able to produce is that your trust is in God. Have you not seen people that were best students in school, best this and that, best this and that, but things are not just working out for them? So trust Him. Glory to God. Trust Him. I want to read the scripture. Proverbs 3. Hallelujah. Let's look at verse 5. All right. I'll read 5 and 6. Can we read it together? I want to go. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not unto thine own understanding. Verse 6. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Amen. Did you see that? Go back to verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Then he says what? Lean not unto thine own understanding. Praise God. Next verse. In all your ways. Is it in some of your ways? Some of you trust him in one area. And you don't trust him in the other area. Say that, I want, Lord, you even tell him, Lord, leave that one. I'll handle that one myself. Amen. <laughs> Lord, you handle this one. I will handle this one. The Bible says, cast in all your cares upon him. For he cares for you. Lift your right hand and say, I acknowledge you, Lord. In all my ways. I receive direction on my path in the name of Jesus. Very important. So you learn to trust him. To trust him. To trust him. Now, it is because you trust him, that's why you pray. Amen. Did you hear me? I'm talking about the connection between the will of God and prayer. That's why you pray. Prayerlessness 
is pride. Let me explain what I mean. The reason why a man doesn't pray is that he actually trusts himself more than he trusts God. Hello? Yeah, because you can do it. You can do it. You don't need him. Amen. So you don't even have to pray. You don't even remember to pray. The greatest show of humility for a human is to pray. Prayer is a demonstration of your trust in God's help. Amen. They were asking a friend of mine, he's a professional somewhere, they said, someone asked him, say, do you pray about everything that you do? He said, yes. He said, ah, you mean you pray about everything? He said, yes. And some people think that, you know, maybe they're trying to be politically correct. They said, you pray about I said, no, no, you know, sometimes I use my brain, sometimes. I use my brain, but I pray. I pray. Amen. I think, but I pray. I walk, but I pray. Are you listening to me? So, I pray and think. I pray and walk. <laughs> Amen. Are you listening to me? Never apologize for praying. There are some of you who are working in your office. You have colleagues come and say, Ah, what are you doing? Are you praying again? You say, No, 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 I'm not praying. <laughs> Praise God. If people, unbelievers, are bold about what they do, if you ask an unbeliever, say, ah, Are you drinking another bottle again? You say, Eh, now. <laughs> are you smoking another cigarette again? You say, Eh. Today, I've not even smoked the one I'm supposed to smoke. Why should you apologize for praying? Amen. Amen. So don't apologize for praying. I'm not saying you should pray when you should be working in your office. Amen. They will sack you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. You know, and some people have always misunderstand what pastors say. Turn it upside down. You are a wife. You are the one that arranges for your husband to go to work. He's supposed to go to work. He are praying. If he loses his job, what will going to happen? Say, no, I'm praying. This is my intimate time with the Lord. Woman of God, wake up earlier. Have your intimate time and help your husband after. Amen. Did you hear me? You have a shop. You listed that the time the shop opens is 9 a.m. When they come by 9, you are interceding. And the people say, we want to buy something. Say, wait, can't you see? You don't respect prayer. We do one hour prayer every day before we start work. No, but you should pray every day in your office. But there should be a separate time set aside for prayer. Amen. The effort you will put in is that you will come 8 to 9 and pray. But that 9 you put on your card or flyer or whatever you put there, when people come, attend to them. Amen? If you are a prayer house, then that's a different thing. If you are not a prayer house, then attend to them. You are a boutique, sell. Amen? Amen. Amen. Is that understood? Alright, but back to what I'm saying. Never apologize for praying. Because you know that your help will not come from man. Your help will only come from him. Glory to God. Did you get that? And the truth is this. Prayer is not for people that are in a crisis situation. If you are praying regularly, there are many crisis situations you will even avoid and avert. Amen? You know, some people always pray. Imagine, pray, Pastor, pray who? Have you prayed? As the text of prayer is coming, the next text is coming, have you prayed? When will I pray the prayer? The text came one minute ago. The second one, have you prayed? <laughs> Am I compressing time in prayer? Every time, emergency. But listen to me. If you are praying now that there is no emergency, you will reduce the emergencies that you will have or carry around you. Are you listening to me? There are some of you now. It's now you start praying next year. Amen. You set out times. 
Maybe you walk weekends. Just take some hours and just pray for 2019. Amen. Are you listening to me? Start praying for 2019. Start praying for the year coming. When that year comes, hey, you've already made room for yourself that year. Amen. Are we together? You've already made room for yourself that year. Rather than when you enter the year 2019, you not wait by January, February when things are not and you finish all the money. During Christmas, you spend your January and February income. Then in March, you now start fasting and prayer for the year 2019. No. You can fast and pray now. Amen. And start preparing for 2019. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Help me tell you, neighbor, pray in advance. Pray. Say again, say pray in advance. Pray. I used to say it this way. Make prayer investments. Amen. Some of us are products of prayers of our parents. Amen. We didn't turn out this way just because we, we prayed. It's the prayers of some of our parents. Amen. Yeah. That they said to certain things that no matter how you turned, you will turn right. You will end up right. Are you listening to me? That some of you now, you have young children. It's not later in life you start chasing them around Port Harcourt. Or around town, start praying for them now, speaking words over their lives. You will go in the way you should go. When you are old, you will not depart from it. Amen. Start praying for your children, and they will turn out right. Amen. They will turn out right. So learn to make prayer investments. Pray in advance. Okay, let's not even go too far. In a few days, we're going to be entering November, right? Start praying for November. You go back home now. Go today, after a while, you rest a bit, take out an hour or so. Just pray for the month of November. Amen. Write out the things and pray about them. Rather than November starts, then things don't go well. You now start looking for who to pray for you. No. Pray in advance. Hallelujah. And make those prayer investments. They will yield. Amen. Amen. You enter that month of November, you will see that things are just aligning, arranging themselves. Listen to me. Life is spiritual. Let me tell somebody. Life is spiritual. And anybody that doesn't understand that, maybe they just gave birth to you yesterday. Life is spiritual. Any man that settles things in the spirit, things will arrange in the natural. You have human beings always trying to fix things in the natural. They run here, they run here, you hustle here, you hustle here. It's still not falling in line. Why? It's not arranged in the spirit. It is through prayer we arrange things in the spirit. You can build that family, you can build that business first in prayer before you come physically and start putting structures on ground. And to be set up that way. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Here you are here, you're single. Thank God for the efforts you make to arrange yourself so that you can take care of your spouse. If you're a man or you're a lady, you're trying to make sure that everything goes well. But spend time praying for your family, for your marriage. Not wedding, no. Marriage. You know, some people pray for their, they fast for their wedding. Oh Lord, let it be a, 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 a great wedding. Let wonderful people come for the wedding. Let it be... The wedding is one day. I said the wedding is one day. The marriage is a lifetime. If the wedding flops and the marriage succeeds, it's better. Are you listening to me? But you know there are many people that the wedding is a success, but the marriage is a flop. Hello? And I'm showing you how the marriage can succeed. You are single. This is the time to start praying. Amen. And you're praying for your marriage. For your spouse. You might not have even known the person. You're just praying. When the marriage happens, the prayer you prayed, you withdraw from that account. Amen. It's a deposit. Everybody says it's a deposit. That prayer you prayed is a deposit. God stores your prayers. Amen. Are you listening to me? He does. So it's a deposit. When the time comes, you withdraw from it. You will benefit from what you prayed. 
Glory to God. There are some prayers we have forgotten. But God did not forget we prayed those prayers. Are you listening to me? So when we close this morning, you're going to pray those kind of prayers. We're going to take a minute or two and you're going to pray about the month of November and you're going to pray two prayer points. One is for November, the other one is for 2019. Amen. Are we together? It will be stored for you. Amen. When you enter November, the prayer will be downloaded. Amen. When you enter 2019, you will receive. Amen. Because you prayed that prayer. Glory to God. And Satan knows how important prayer is for the believer. That's why he will always distract you from prayer. You want to do every other thing. He doesn't mind. But once you want to pray, one thing will come up, one thing will come up. So you will pray. Amen. And most of you that pray in other tongues, awesome. You can pray all the time. Amen. You pray. You spend time praying. Your friend came to visit you and is distracting you. Join him in the prayer. Amen. Say, hey, thank God that you even came. Let us pray. <laughs> Am I communicating? And you spend time praying. Let me tell two people, pray. Make prayer investments. For yourself and your family. Glory to God. Amen. You know, some of us would have had the opportunity to be any other way apart from how we are now. Amen. And I'm talking about myself. But prayer investments were made over me. Amen. Are we together? I always talk about my grandma, my maternal grandma, that will always tell me, you're wasting your time. You will end up in ministry. Amen. It's not that that was not the plan. For, that was not my plan. Hello. But I'm here. Amen. Because prayer investments were made. Prayer investments were made. Listen. People don't just do things. Something influences everybody. Are you hearing me? Everybody is under an influence, one influence or the other. A man will just wake up one morning. The wife didn't do anything. He just looks at her. Why, why did I even marry this woman? What, what am I even doing here? If you go and ask him, what did she do to you? He cannot say. I don't just want again. It's under an influence. Amen. Am I communicating? It's under an influence. They're not influence. There are children, teenagers, they just wake up. The guy was a, an A student in, in school. Then one day just decides to join the other group. <laughs> you understand me? Just one decision, one day. And from that point, everything changes. It is in prayer that such things are averted. Amen? It's in prayer such things are averted. As you spend time praying, the Holy Ghost will lead you on the specific things because He knows all things. Are we together? You cannot walk in God's perfect will for you if you don't give yourself continually to prayer. I wrote down something. I just want to read it out to you. Glory to God. Now, when it comes to the will of God, understanding the will of God could be likened to swimming, not swimming against the tides of your destiny. What I mean is this. If you don't understand God's will for you, you'll be going right. The tides of destiny are going left. Amen? Are we together? When you understand the will of God and you're spending time in prayer, you will align with God's will. Amen. And then the tides of destiny are carrying you. You just see that there are things that are just happening. You know that there is a supernatural hand at work in your life. Am I communicating? Someone told me once, they said, everything I ever got in this life, I had to struggle for it. I said, ah. Everything I had to get, every single thing I had to struggle for it. I said, there's a better way of living. Amen. You can live by your sweat alone, or you can live by the help of God. Amen. Are you listening to me? And so that's why we pray. Are you ready to pray? Are you ready to pray? Someone say, I don't know, I don't know how to pray. I don't know how to pray. I said, you know, when, some people, when, you, when you see some people praying, you even envy them. 
Jehovah Mekadishim. He said, what is that? <laughs> they were calling names of God that you, you don't even know. Amen. <laughs> you know? One day they told the guy to pray. He said, God of Ephraim. <laughs> even me that was the pastor there. I said, checking my Bible. <laughs> now listen to me. Listen. The most important thing in prayer is not your fanciful words. It's your heart. Are you understanding me? Prayer is a cry of your spirit to God. It's a cry of your heart to God. He doesn't care whether it's coming in your local dialect. Amen. Are you listening to me? It's a heart cry to God. So when we say pray, don't say, I don't know how to pray. Because you want to pray an official prayer. Lord, you know... Um, <laughs> and that's what some people want to that's assumption people have so this is what I say in praying if I ask you to pray now let me tell you how to start praying tell him you don't know how to pray amen and you are praying already did you hear me did you hear me you can start by saying Lord I don't even know how to pray but they say we should pray what are you doing you are praying. Amen. We'll try that today, right? And you are praying. You don't have to have fanciful words for God to hear you. Jesus was correcting them and said, don't use vain repetitions. Don't use vain repetitions. God, 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 God. If I call your name like that, wouldn't you be angry? <laughs> Amen. 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 I'm not looking for your trouble. I'm just trying to help somebody. Father, 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 father. Now, don't misunderstand me. If that's how he's doing you, please pray like that. But recognize that before you asked, you already knew what you were going to ask about. Amen. Prayer is not that you are trying to convince God to do what he doesn't want to do. Hello? That's not prayer. It's not, we are not trying to convince God to do what he doesn't want to do. If God doesn't want to do something, nobody can make him do it. He wants to give it to you already. He already wants to do it for you. Amen. But the principle in the spirit is that you should ask. Am I communicating? That's why you are asking. We called out some people to receive the Holy Spirit. And when they came out to receive the Holy Spirit, um, I said, now, if you want to receive the Holy Spirit, ask to receive the Holy Spirit. So one person there was just, Oh Lord, I'm begging you. I'm begging you. I saw I heard the person, so I tapped him. I said, don't beg. Are you born again? He said, yes. I said, God had already given the Holy Spirit. Your job is to receive. Amen. You are not trying to convince God to give you His Spirit. It was God that decided that He was going to give you His Spirit in the first place. Amen. It's okay. <laughs> and of course, the person received. Amen. So, I'm saying all of that because we're going to spend a minute or two praying. So, when we stand up to pray, two things you're praying about. Pray for the month of November. Amen? You are praying in advance. Amen? And you pray for 2019. And you're praying what? In advance. Amen? I'm telling you, there are certain things that will be said to you. November will be the best month so far for you. You know why? Because you have settled things before you enter the month. Are we together? You will not enter 2019 and then you are dressing up in 2019. No, you will dress up before 2019. And I'm talking in the spirit now. Are you listening to me? You will be dressed before 2019. So that it's not in June you are saying, what do I even want to accomplish this year? In June? 
this year you will know what you want to accomplish in 2019. And you will accomplish it in the name of Jesus Christ. So learn to pray in advance. Pray in advance for your children. Pray in advance for your, for your projects. Pray in advance for the things that are on your heart. Why the thoughts are forming in your heart? Pray about them. Oh, I'm thinking of building a new house. Pray. Talk to God about it. Stop calling God to commission your projects. You know what that means? You know how politicians do? You know, the governor has finished building. He then he calls the president. The president doesn't even know the head and tail of the project. Just come, they just bring it. Say, cut the tape here. Cut <laughs> to the glory of God and the glory. You know, cut the tape. He goes his way. So there are believers that are calling God to commission their projects. They are finished the prayer. God, bless it. God, I said, show, bless it. A project God did not know about how it started, where it started from. Are you understanding me? So help me tell two people, stop calling God to commission your projects. Involve Him from the beginning. Amen. Glory to God. Are we together? So a lot of people just call God to come and commission the project. I finished, Lord. Commission. Put your blessing upon it. Put your blessing upon it now. Put your blessing upon it now. Blessing now. now. <laughs> Amen. But when that thought is in your heart, maybe you want to start a new business, it's now you will pray. Amen. Lord, this new idea is coming to me. How do I go about it? Let the ideas form fully. Let the resources I need come around me. Let the connections I need come around me. You're praying. Hallelujah. Am I communicating? That's how to go. And I tell you, things will be more arranged in your life than they've ever been. God is not scattered. No. The Bible says he's not an author of confusion, but of peace. That means God is in order. Are you understanding me? So you'll find that if you start doing that, things will start arranging, arranging themselves in your life. And I want to speak over you. If things have been disorganized before today, receive this service as a service God is organizing you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Where God begins to organize the things that were in disorder in your life. There are some of you here, your relationship has been in disorder. Receive order in that relationship in the name of Jesus. There are some of you, your finances have been in disorder. Receive order in your finances in the name of Jesus. There are some of you, your business concerns have been disorganized. Receive order in the name of Jesus Christ. Very important. Very important. You will go out there and you see that things are taking shape. The earth was without form. And it was void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God began to move. What happened? God said. How did God bring order to the earth that was without form and void? He spoke. And so I'm speaking to you now. There's order in the name of Jesus. There's order in the name of Jesus. There's order in the name of Jesus. There are some of you here, your health is disorganized. You are doing one test after the other. You went for this test, now you are going for another test, now you are going for another test. You can't even explain. They say, what, what, what's actually wrong with me? He says, it's like typhoid, but it's like in malaria, but it's like, you know, when they start mixing the sicknesses. Even the doctor say, I don't even know what's wrong with you, but you are not okay. <laughs> Receive healing today. Amen. Lift your right hand where you are. If you are sick in your body, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, whom I serve, I rebuke that sickness in your body. Amen. I command that infirmity to pass out of your body. Amen. From the crown of your head to the sole of your feet. Amen. Be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Be made whole in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I speak to your body. Let order return to your body. Your body systems, let them be in order in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak order to your blood. I speak order to your blood. I speak order to your blood. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let people say loud, Amen. Amen. Now don't forget, we're going to pray. It's not a long prayer. But you will pray for November 2018. Amen. Let's look at the scripture you will pray with. Jeremiah 33 verse 3. Jeremiah. What's up? 
Okay. Are you there? Read it with me. Want to go? Are you going to call? Will he answer? No, I said, are you going to call? Will he answer? What will he show you? Which you don't know about November. Amen. He will show you. Are you ready to see it? Are you ready to receive it? So your two prayer points, the first is to pray for the month of November. Lord, I am calling on you. Show me great and mighty things about the month of November that I don't know. After that first prayer point, we take the second one. Show me great and mighty things about 2019 that I don't know. Rise to your feet everywhere. Glory to God. Help me tell your neighbor, I'm about to pray. Excuse me, I'm about to pray. Now, don't worry about how your neighbor is praying. You might have a neighbor that is praying quietly, another one is shouting. It's not your problem. Amen. It's not your prayer. It's his prayer. Open your mouth now and talk to God for the month of November. Talk to God for the month of November. November 2018. Lord, show me great and mighty things that I don't know about November. Open my eyes. Concerning the month of November, Riga Bahash Keplotoso, Regedis Keprata, Legediska, Melebondo Brediketosho Brediketese, Lebrahakatoshe, Lebrahande, Kleduze Bredi, Rakatoma, Libahate, Bredi Ketoso, Lemende Bradoske Platia, Gediske Platoso, Rebahando Brediske Platoso, Bredia, Jacateleba, Lebrahande, Barakatea, Balondo Bregadia, Lemende Bradiketese, Lebahando Brediske. Balondo Brediske, Rakatoba, Reseke Pratosho, Lemende Bradie Ketese, Lebando Brediske, Labahando, Bredi Ketesa, Malabando, Bredeske Platoba, Legadia, Ramando Bredie Ketese, Leba Akatea, Lebando Bregedosco Bredoske Pleti, Rakatoma, Labahaya, Bandolobo, Badekatea, Malobo, Balade, Leketeza, Melebande, Brade Ketese, Balakatoso, Rakatia, Labando, Bredia, Lemenda, Platuske, Platia, O Makila, Bazopretia, Melezike, Pratoso, Malaya, every family is calling upon your name. Every individual is calling upon your name. Lord, we expect answers. Melebrande, Eketoso, Bradia, show us great and mighty things. We don't know about the month of November. Reketoma leba hakatose. Rindo bledikeze. Mazopretia lakatoma. Remendo bregedeske plotosho. Lebahande bradiketeze leboyo. In the name of Jesus. Lift your hand everywhere. Father, we thank you for the month of November 2018. We have called on you. Answer us. Show us great and mighty things we don't know about November. The things we never imagined, let us see them manifest. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Now receive God's word. November 2018 is a month of answers for you. I say it a second time. November 2018 is a month of answers to you. It means that there are questions you asked in January. There are questions you asked in February. There's questions you've been asking throughout this year. In November, God will answer those questions. There are questions nobody around you knows you are asking, but your heart has been asking. Receive answers in November. From the first day to the last day of November, it will be answer upon answer upon answer upon answer in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Second prayer point. Jeremiah 33 3 is still our scripture. Concerning 2019. I know there is an election year. But election will come and go. Nigeria will remain. Listen to me. Pray for 2019. If this is your first prayer for 2019, it's good. It might not be all that you will pray, but let's know that you started today. Amen. And make a deposit in prayer 
concerning 2019. You will say the same thing. Say, Lord, I'm calling on you. Answer me concerning 2019. Show me great and mighty things I don't know about 2019. Open your mouth and pray that prayer for yourself. Father, I lift up my voice in the name of Jesus. I pray you show me great and mighty things I don't know about 2019. I call on you concerning 2019 as the year unfolds. Let me walk on the path that you have ordained before the foundations of the earth. In the name of Jesus. Lift your hands. Father, I thank you for every prayer today. We pray for 2019. Answer us. Show us in this year 2018 great and mighty things about 2019 that we don't know. Let none of us enter 2019 and stumble. Let us enter 2019 with light. With light from heaven with revelation knowledge, with a certainty that only God can give in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And let people say loud, Amen. Amen. Celebrate Jesus everywhere. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3500. Six zero. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Thank you, the best thing I